those up, Swindon fans. But you're not there yet. In it goes! Oh, it's gone in! Richard left foot is what a volley! It's the stuff of champions! It's the stuff of dreams! And Donate races it on goal and Donate! Hello and welcome to episode 78 of Together, a Brighton and Hove Albion podcast. Uh, we are currently on April the 28th and uh, i got to admit, I expected to be a few more episodes deep by now, um, but here we are. Uh, hope you're all doing well, hope you're all staying safe, um, you know, staying safe, staying well, uh, keeping yourselves locked down if you're in lockdown. Um, if you're in some of those US states that have said F it and reopened everything, uh, Good luck. I hope you're being extra safe. Um, I, I, you know, I have a lot of sympathy. Um, but today uh, we are going to be bringing to you uh, a pretty, pretty great conversation I had uh, with none other than the man himself, El Capitan Bruno. Um, very, very thankful to the club for uh, for having him on the show. Um, we had a great conversation about his time um, at Valencia, uh, the kind of what that Spanish academy and training looks like. Um, and then also, of course, the, the conversation moved on to the Albion, um, his time at the Albion, his best moments there, um, working under Gus and under Chris um, and everything in between. Um, and then, of course, uh, retirement, coaching. Um, and I hit Every single question, I believe, um, that had an actual answer to them. Um, there was a couple that didn't quite get that answer possible. Um, but I, I, I gave the gave the man a grilling. Um, Robin and I, um, we, uh, we hit him with everything we had. Um, and he was an absolute delight. So uh, without further ado, I don't want to hold it off too much longer. Um, but... Who knows when I'll be back? Um, we're kind of just keeping the keeping the door open to see what happens. Um, the French league has been cancelled today. Uh, the the Dutch league's already been cancelled. The Belgian league's already been cancelled, um, and the German league is talking about reopening. So, who knows where the Premier League is going to sit in all of this? Um, you know, I just hope that they put safety first, um, and the sooner we're back playing games, the better. Um, as long as it's safe and practical. Um, and if it isn't, then I would rather just wait uh, however long it takes. So here's the interview. Enjoy, stay safe, and I will see you all next time for episode 79. So if you don't mind, um, we'll start right at the beginning of your career. Um, Robin, if you want to lead off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we were we were thinking, obviously, as a, as a footballer who was born and bred in Spain and came through the youth system there, yeah. What differences do you notice between English academies compared to the ones in Spain? Uh, of of course, it's it's a it's a really good question and, and it's a difficult question to to answer. It's more about um, type of football that that um, we we used to play in in Spain when I was young, and what and what we do right right here right now. I mean, at the same time, 
the, 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 the times they have changed a lot and, and now everything is much more professional than a years ago and and I think we've been losing that you know what I mean that freedom that maybe before, before the kids had uh, I grew up uh, playing in the streets I grew up, grew up playing uh, futsal and football at the same time uh, and for me it was really important you know I really I really enjoyed it and I think uh, it's been a key in my in my career to have all those experiences you know when i was when i was really young uh, but of course tactically i think in spain uh, we we work much more than in england not right now because right now has changed but i think uh, academies in in general i think that the the because the players they are not as strong as in england I think always we've been looking for more like working as a collective than as a, an individual. Yeah, makes sense. That's always the impression that that we had as fans, which is in Spain it's a lot more technical, the players are a lot more skillful, and in England it's kind of a bit more <laughs> a bit more yeah. physical. So but, yeah, but but, but don't don't get me wrong because I think in England we we've got such such amazing talent technically. Uh, uh, in, I mean, it's it's like the, the comparison is not is not uh, massive. Where, where I think the gap is bigger is tactically, um, and that's for me the, the 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 main the main thing that I always said. You know, I mean, uh, and I think right now, I think with with the influence of uh, uh, really good, of course, British coaches, and and plus a lot of uh, foreign coaches, they came here as we had in Spain, for example. We had Johan Cruyff. He came from. From uh, Holland, and and he changed the the way that we we saw football in Spain, and 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 bringing uh, foreign coaches here to to England, I think the tactical awareness is getting better and better and better. And I think it's one of the reasons why you know uh, the national team is is doing better. Definitely. Uh, out of interest, Bruno, do you because uh, you were you were in the Catalan uh, Catalonia yeah. part of Spain, right? Do you, was there a was there a do you know if there was like a notable difference in the way that you kind of went through an academy in Catalan area as opposed to like the Spain as a bigger, or do you think it's just a no. pretty blanket kind of thing? Yeah, I think it's pretty blanket. I think it's like it's uh, it's quite common. Uh, of course, uh, always there is a there is a, a a culture. It's more it's not the way that you see football. It's the the way that you see life more. You know, what I mean, okay. and, and, and it's and it's but terms of football. It's quite. I mean, always been a quite an open, an open thing and a common thing. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Um, so you started at Espanol, um, yeah. and then you uh, you had a couple of different spells, um, and you were mainly at uh, Almeria um, yeah. with uh, with Unai Emery, uh, yeah. which we which we did not know. Um, and then, of course, you went over to Valencia, who are kind yeah. of still known as one of the top six clubs, so to speak, in Spain. Yeah. Um, so, what, how was your time there? How did that move come about? No, yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I've been really lucky to work with uh, good managers, and Unai Emery, of course, is one of one of them up there. Uh, and we signed at the same time for Almeria, and and we were, to be honest, we were really lucky because we were so really successful uh, at that time. First season we got promoted to La Liga, second season we finished eighth, and after he get, he got a move to Valencia, and I stayed at Almeria. And I and I finished my contract at Almeria, and, and and they offered me a contract in Valencia, and it was a great move for myself because, as you said, 
uh, is a massive club in Spain, and 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 for me it was so special. You know, I mean, to have the chance. For example, one of my best moments, of course, was the first time that you know I was on the pitch playing a, a Champions League game. It's always a dream. You know, I mean, like to 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 listen that that song that. Uh, uh, that yeah. song, you know, it's 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 amazing, and and being on the pitch, able to do that, uh, it was an amazing experience. Wow! Yeah, it's it's a massive club, massive club. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a really big club to be honest. So you come to the end of your contract with Valencia in 2012. Yeah, and you become a free agent, and you join you join the Albion, and to be honest. I think I'm probably speaking for a lot of fans when I say that you signing for us was a big surprise. And I say yeah. that because of the level that you've been playing at. And everyone was kind of amazed that we'd signed a player with the pedigree and the background of yourself. Yeah. Very pleasant surprise, I should say. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we were wondering, what was it that, that attracted you to Brighton? Because obviously at the time, you know, we were a team playing in the second tier of English football. You've just mentioned you played in the Champions League, you played in Europa League, you know, at the real top end of Europe. So, yeah, what was it that, that interested you about Brighton? Uh, of course, uh, uh, myself, um, I always uh, looked at the British football like, a, you know what I mean, like a, something to, to, to have in mind and, and I always wanted to, to play in England. And, and of course, it, it got a stage of my career, I was uh, 31 and and of course you know this time already you know like I think football is changing a little bit on that but 31 like uh, eight years ago it looks like is is at the end you are close at the end at your career mm. and and but I, I was feeling really I mean I was feeling uh, really good mentally and physically and uh, and I wanted that experience uh, in in the British in the British football and and of course. When I was at Valencia, I was playing with Vicente, who moved to who moved to Brighton uh, before me, and and during that year, while I was playing for Valencia and he was playing for Brighton, we were talking a lot, and, and he said, "Bruno, it's a really good place, um, and 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 the, the stadium, and and the project, and the ambitions, and and after, of course, we had Gaspoyet as a manager." And he called me, and, and it was really convincing. And, and you know, I mean, for me, uh, it wasn't just uh, because I was in another stage of career. As I said before, like 31, I was looking for not just money, not just it was a lot of stuff to consider. And as a city, as a location, everything, it was it it, it felt it was the right decision. And that's why my family and myself we moved to to Brighton. Well, we're very glad you did. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me, me too. And uh, this was also during the time of that kind of Spanish connection, wasn't it, with uh, David Lopez and Vicente, like you said, and uh, a couple of others. And I, I'm guessing that probably helped you uh, bed in as well. Yeah, of course. I mean, as I said, like to have uh, Gaspoyet as a manager. Uh, helped me a lot, but after, of course, Vicente and Calde, you know, and after came Orlandi, Ulloa, David Lopez, uh, the year after they uh, Rodriguez. I mean, a lot of uh, uh, Spanish, the two star, it helps you to adapt a little bit faster. And, and but yeah, I think it was, it was a, a great, great uh, time. And, and I think we played, a, we played a great football as well. 
Yeah, yeah, we we played some beautiful football. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, like you said, you've you've just named a couple of absolutely excellent players that have played for the Albion in the past, and kind of who are who are some of those players that stand out um, that you maybe didn't know about beforehand? Of course, Vicente is one of those players that stands out as a world class player. Um, who uh, who are some of those players that you maybe didn't know about beforehand that stood out as uh, as real top class players to you when you when you turned up at the club? Um, myself, when when I came my first year, to be honest, of course, uh, as you said, I knew Vicente, and Vicente for me probably would be in terms of skills, quality, he's been the best player, you know, like we had here at Brighton, like I've I've seen, and and but you know, like a player who I really like. To play with, and and I think he was outstanding. For I, I really like him. It was Isley Barnes. I was really, I was really surprised uh, uh, about his his level. Even being really young at that time as well. Um, but yeah, we had such such a good players. I mean, uh, Gordon Greer, he was an amazing centre back. Uh, Wayne Bridge, he was oh my god, like what what a fullback as well. Liam Bricker, Gary Dicker, you know what I mean? Like all all uh, Will Buckley. Uh, you know, we had such a such a good team and, and players that I didn't know because, of course, you know, I mean, it's like being from like being in Spain, you, you you don't have that information. And I came and I saw the level. It was it was amazing to play again uh, next to them. It's interesting you should mention Ashley Barnes because we had exactly the same conversation with Crofty when yeah. he was on the show, and Josh and I both said that he's a player that a lot of fans didn't really appreciate until he was gone. Yeah. And you realise the role that he did in the team. And he was, we, we always looked at him as a very hard-working player. He worked incredibly hard in the kind of the defensive side of the game. And you didn't necessarily see as much of him as an out-and-out striker. But he was, yeah, he was absolutely great. I was, I was really sad when he left as well. Yeah, I, I was really sad as well, you know, when he left. Because it's not just as a player, as a person, he's uh, amazing. But I think... The way that we were playing, you know, like sometimes he was playing, you remember, he was playing in our wide positions. When we've been seeing now, like his main position has been a, like a striker, but because we had other strikers, you know, he didn't play there. And because maybe the age as well, you know, he was younger, and he could, because he's that versatile player, you know, he can play in different positions. And and I think, you know, I mean, of course, it's like sometimes it's difficult to, to, to value every single player, to understand, and maybe for us, as a player, it's easier because we see them every day. Yeah. And and as a fan, always it's, diffi- it's more difficult. It's like when we value some players that are actually midfielders, for example, okay? The, for the fans, it's not really nice to watch, but you know actually the hard work that they're doing, they're, they're doing a lot of stuff that helps the team. And, and but I understand that from the fans, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's understandable. The classic one at the moment is Dale Stevens. Yes, for, us. for example, because he he does such a he does such an important job for the team. Like you say, it's not necessarily the most glamorous role, yeah. but there was a there was a spell. I think it was a couple of years ago. I think it was the year we came up from the championship. There was a spell where where the Albion never really used to win without him yeah. in the team. <laughs> you probably exactly. remember exactly. No, yeah, yes, exactly, exactly. Because they 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 are key players. They actually uh, sometimes it's difficult to 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 see in a game what actually they're doing and that's why it takes so long now I'm, I'm, I'm a coach and like to analyze a game it takes me three three hours and a half uh, because you have to watch a lot of stuff like detail and deep 
to get the best the best information. Then is when you realize the importance of some players, and and that's difficult for for someone who's sitting and watching a game with emotions, with you know, what I mean, like the 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 game going on. It's so difficult to analyze. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can I can imagine. Um, I'm going to piggyback off that question real quick because uh, I've just got one in my head now. That uh, talking to players you played with, um, who who gave you your toughest time at right back as an opponent in your career? In my career, um, uh, it's so many. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's always it's always uh, I always I mean. I always say that uh, um, for me, every game it's been really difficult. And and when I said to some teammates that they 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 they, they laughed, okay. Uh, but I said, listen, if if you analyze the situation, situation is like I'm facing wingers that normally 100% of the times they faster and stronger than me. Then it's my game. It's up in my brain. And it's so difficult that for 95 minutes, you have to be at the right place at the right time all the time for 95 minutes in a really fast game. Then for me, every single game, it's been, it's been, it's been difficult. Uh, but of course, I had to mark, like, I've been really lucky, really lucky to have to mark uh, Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, Sterling, you know what I mean? Like, uh, Sane, Mane, Coutinho, you know what I mean? All of them. Can you imagine the nightmare to murder them? It's <laughs> seriously, seriously. That, Rather that, you than me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, that talent, that talent against you, it's like, come on, you know what I mean? You need to be, you need to be on top of your game. Your brain has to think faster, you know, like you, it's, it's really difficult. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Like it's, it's so many that it's so difficult to, 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 to play against. I mean, I, I think the one that springs to mind for me where, was probably the the game against Man United at the Amex that we won to stay up. Yeah, and I know you'd you'd come back into the team fairly recently before that. Yeah, and I remember that obviously that that front three for Man United included yeah. Rashford and Martial, who are both yeah. uh, incredibly quick players. And like you say, I think it was, and you obviously we we won, and I think yeah. we could see as fans that how difficult it is to mark players who have that movement and that speed. Like you say. You, I guess as you get older as well, you, you, your game becomes reliant on you need to be in the right place. You exactly. know you're not necessarily going to beat them if you have to sprint, you know, outrun them. But if you know Impossible. the game, you know you to be in the right place, then you've got a chance. Exactly, exactly, and that, and that, and that's why now we've seen a lot of players getting uh, to the be- the best stage of their career, like 30, 31, 32. Why? Because they can maintain their 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 physical uh, condition really really top at top level because we've got so much knowledge and and technology and and plus the experience that the time gives you then you take better decisions constantly and 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 that gives you like players like for example like the, the last Ballon d'Or was uh, Modric 33 years old um you know what i mean it's it's that's why you know because it, it's it 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 you get to the top of your game at all days because you experience and you you physically you can keep carry on. And I think it's you know I mean it's, it's, as you said like marking players like Martial. Come on, they, they uh, I, I don't I don't know how how much fast is that me, but mm. like definitely a lot. And, and <laughs> you know what I mean it's it's you have to play with your brain. 
and with your team. That, that's the most important thing. Awesome. Yeah, that's a great answer. It makes a lot of sense. Um, we're going to move on. Just a quick question about your, your final game for the Albion, which is obviously a yeah. special game with, with Man City yeah. winning the title at, at the Amex, which is, you know, as a, as a fan, um, I suppose the best thing you'd want to do would be for us to see Brighton win the Premier League at the Amex. But, yeah. you know, as a fan to actually be in the stadium when a team lifts the, the trophy, it's obviously it's, it's quite a special atmosphere anyway. But obviously being your final game, very emotional, a lot of emotion in the crowd, a very emotional speech from yourself. Did you expect it to be like that? Or were you surprised by how emotional you got and how emotional everyone else in the crowd was? I was, I was uh, really surprised, to be honest. Um, um, of course, I always, always, since day one, I felt, you know what I mean, like uh, the love from the fans and, and it's been amazing. That's why I've been, you know, I, I was really happy for seven years and now eight already. And I think it was a, a such, I would say, like, I couldn't get a better, a better, you know what I mean, like a better way to finish my career. No chance. I mean, it, it was, it was so emotional. Fans, they were amazing. Um, whole like full game, you know. I mean, it, it was it was an amazing, you know. I mean, like a, amazing way to finish. Uh, like you you playing football. Um, I couldn't ask for more. And having my my parents, you know, my parents-in-law, uh, family, friends, that experiencing that, uh, that they realized. I mean, for example. After that, I had so many calls because that game was on everywhere in the world. Eh? Yeah. Um, yep. I had so many calls from Spain and from everywhere. Like, how? Because, like, that that day was that special that everyone at home, they felt it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, through, through the TV, they felt the emotions, they felt everything and they were calling me like how how you know what i mean a spanish guy goes there and 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 can have a stadium you know what i mean yeah uh, it's mad isn't it i mean i suppose that's one thing as fans we never really you never really know what it's like to have thirty thousand people singing your name it's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty weird it's nothing nothing better like it's not it's nothing better you know what i mean and it's and it's um it was, as I said, amazing. As, and I felt that since day one. You know, I mean, it's it's everyone has been amazing with my with myself. And I think uh, sometimes, uh, I mean, people they were asking me about how, what, what do you think is the secret, or what do you think? And I think you, as a fans or, or any fan, what we're looking for is players playing with their hearts and and giving everything. And when you're thinking about idols, you idols probably most of them won't be the most skillful or they won't be the most, you know what I mean? They will be the players, when you see a players giving everything on the pitch, they, yeah. those those are the the, the, the the idols that the fans they had and we have. I had idols and always they were the players that you saw that were giving everything for that shirt. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right because I think what you want is, obviously, as fans, particularly at a club where you know, we're not challenging at the top of the Premier League. You understand that there are going to be times where you lose games more than you win. And in that yeah. scenario, you want to, like you say, you want to see players. You can accept losing a game against yeah, the course. best opponent if you've seen that the player is given absolutely everything. And I think, especially from your, your example as well, I mean, you, your journey through the Albion as well. I mean, you came in at a time where we were in a lower division. We obviously had 
missing out at Middlesbrough on goal difference, yeah. you know, and losing to Sheffield Wednesday the season after that. So you've kind of had that progression of yeah. not necessarily great, you know, great yeah. moments on the pitch. But, you know, as fans, we could always see, one, that you were putting in absolutely everything you had. And two, you could see that if the result went badly, you weren't walking off the pitch and forgetting about it straight away. You could see that emotionally it, it had an impact. And like you say, that's, that's all you want as a fan, really. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like when, when you play with your heart is what, what it gets to the fans. And that's yeah. and I think that's one of the, the, the main things. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think I mean it comes back to the Ashley Barnes piece as well. Um I think he's somebody else that we always kind of whenever he got off the pitch and the game was over, I think you always could say that Ashley Barnes had nonstop given it everything he had as well. And yeah. I think that you're right, it's it's what exactly. endears people to to players. Yeah, exactly. Um so you after you, after you had your obviously very emotional goodbye, it wasn't goodbye for long because um, you transitioned pretty quickly into the coaching staff, uh, much to 30,000 plus people's delight. Um, I, I think I speak for everybody when we were yeah. absolutely delighted that you were to stay Thank on. Um, so what's, what's the transition been like from playing to coaching? Um, some players really struggle. Some players love it. Um, so what's, what's your kind of transition been like? And what is your, yeah. what is your current role kind of, partake how does how does that work yeah i mean i mean the the, the transition has been amazing um i've been really lucky that, that i keep going uh, every single day to a training ground i've been so lucky that graham bjorn and billy they you know like just like they they've been outstanding with myself uh, and i'm part of of them and and i think it's it's for me mate my transition so easy as well. My transition was easier because of the stage of my career in terms of age. As older you get, you've got more times to self-reflect and, and analyze things differently. And, and, and I think it gave me the platform um, uh, to see to see the bigger picture. Uh, and I, I, I've not been I've not been to be honest. I've been in a in a really good place since day one. And and I think it's that helps a lot. Uh, to to be happy, and, and that's what I'm right now, and and as well my role right now, you know, I've been as I said, really lucky that Graham uh, trusts me, and that and that team trusts me a lot, and and, and we work together uh, every day, and it's and it's a great experience for myself. Has your um, has your relationship changed much with the rest of the squad? Because obviously you've gone from a a place where you've been part of the dressing yeah. as a player to suddenly being something slightly disconnected so can you be the same around the guys or do you have to be a little bit different no I'm, I'm i'm exactly the same i'm exactly the same um of course i don't spend that much time with them um and of course you can lose a little bit of connection because you're not going through the the motions on the pitch um but but it's been there and, and, and as well because as i said before uh, because of my age and they the much younger always that relationship has been that way anyway you know what I mean I've been I've been the captain trying to help players trying to you know what I mean trying to improve uh, and and it's always been trying to help as a coach as well it's more or less the same and and the relationship is is it's really good and it's and it's been outstanding and they've been outstanding with myself awesome Robin, if you want to, yeah, we'll do. So, who we've we've referenced a couple of 
managers that you've um, that you've worked under, Unai Emery, Gus Poyet. This might be a very difficult question for you to answer, but who is your favourite manager that you've worked under? That's uh, is a, is a really difficult question because uh, I think it's not it's not fair to say something uh, about who is the, the favourite manager because I enjoyed all of them and and I think uh, the way that they've been. Um, Coaching me and treating me has been outstanding, uh, and I've been learning a lot from all of them. Uh, and e- every single one of them, they've got the strengths, and 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 every single one of them and myself, we've got a lot of weaknesses. Uh, but I think they've been outstanding, and we've we've been so successful, really successful, uh, with all of them. And that's and I think that it's it's not fair to say like a, a best manager because I, I I don't have the I don't have the the, the the platform to to say that because all of them they've been good. I think that's fair. I think that's yeah, fair. No, it's very fair. I think say it's, <laughs> it's it's the same for us. I mean, if you if you were to ask, you know, as a fan, yeah, you say, exactly. who's your favourite manager that you've had? Everyone's done differently. I mean, like for us, for, for, for fans of Josh and I's generation, you'd go, well, Gus Gus came in and that yeah. season before you joined, where we won one league one and we played. Yeah. Football that I don't think League One had ever seen, and probably hasn't ever seen since. Obviously, you've got him, and then obviously Chris. Chris comes in, and you know we get promoted to the Premier League for the first time. So, like you say, fan, managers achieve different things. It's very difficult to compare them. So yeah, I think it's uh, uh, exactly, exactly. Because especially for example, if we're talking uh, about facilities, I mean, Gaspoyet, uh, Oscar Garcia, uh, Sami Hibia. You know they had to they had to deal with training at the university. Mm. How how you can improve as a team, and then everyone is has been having different circumstances, and that's why you cannot uh, get an, a, a conclusion. Definitely. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, for yourself, of course, this is just really the beginning of your coaching career. Um, so I have two questions on it. Do you have uh, like, do you have like a dream manager's job or coaching job that you would like to do one day? Um, I guess first things first. Would you ever like to be a manager? Um, that's what I'm trying to. I'm trying to answer that question right now. Um, I think I'm. I'm loving what I'm doing. I'm. I'm coaching right now. It's. It's. It's a passion, and I, and I and I love it. Uh, but it's a big. It's a big decision. It's a big responsibility because it's not just about myself. It's about my family, and and it's and I think it has to be has to be thought. It has to be you know I mean really like think deep about if it's what I want to do. Right now, I would say yes. Um, uh, I've been thinking a lot, and and I'm I'm what I'm doing. I'm preparing myself uh, and learning. You know, what I mean, I I cannot have like better place to learn right now. You know, what I mean, Graham and his staff—they are outstanding uh, coaches and manager. Uh, their knowledge, their football brains—they are amazing. Their passion, and it's and it's amazing to work with them. And I'm just thinking uh, to try to help them and try to 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 get the best uh, for them and for and for the club. Uh, but future-wise, it's like I, I don't, I don't try. I, I'm just trying not, don't think that further, and trying to improve right now. And I've been coaching like nine months. You know, I mean, it's 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 nothing. Um, and trying to get as much as experiences as possible, knowledge, and and we'll see what the time says. But of course, I can say like thinking about is one of the things that probably I would like to do. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's fair. So uh, I'm I'm thinking that in five years' time, when Graham Potter takes the England job, uh, we'll, be, we'll, we'll be we'll be looking at you as the next man up. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, moving on to to something. This is our this is our final question before we we go on to the couple of questions from the fans. But yeah, something that you've been involved in for a little bit of time is the Common Goal Initiative. Yeah, which was obviously led famously by by Juan Mata. How important is this to you? And is it something you think a lot more players should be involved in? Yeah, of course. First of all, I think, of course, uh, like as many players, uh, they would be involved, they would be better. And I think they should. But, but that's a really personal thing. And, and, and I am that way, not because, yeah, myself, uh, I'm like, really good and really like kindness. It's because how I've been uh, raised up, you know what I mean? How I've been raised. Uh, my 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 father is a doctor. My mom she work, she's a she did studied pharmacy. They've been going uh, to the third world to Africa for the last twenty five years, um, and I've been seeing that at home, and that's why I'm I am this way. And a lot of a lot of other players they they didn't have those experiences and they don't know about a lot of stuff because no one has has been explaining uh, them. Then, of course, I joined to that, that movement because it's, it's inside of myself. And what we need to do uh, with the clubs, with like try to give the right platform to every player feel part of it and try to make an impact uh, through the football. And it, I think it's an amazing uh, thing to do because it's so powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Josh. Cool. Yeah, um, so we have uh, a couple of fan questions. Um, they're slightly less um, serious than the ones we've already gone through. <laughs> um, so I'm going to try and get through as many as I can because um, we have some we have some pretty good ones as well. Uh, first question: um, What products do you use to get your beard looking so excellent? <laughs> Listen, that, that, the first thing that is really good, like that they telling it, it looks good. I'm not sure about I'm not sure about it right now after being locked down for like a month and uh, but it's not it's just just, to, just trying to keep it clean and, and and tidy up that's it it's not it's not any secrets it's not any secrets perfect answer that's that's achievable for everybody yes so, <laughs> hopefully they take inspiration from it um another question here is uh, what do you think is the next kind of realistic step for the club to take uh for me of course it's the realistic, of course, decision is to stay up, and especially because we have changed uh, philosophies, we have changed players, we've got new managers, of course, um, and I think it's it's to stay up, um, improving, and as I think as we have we have we have improved, uh, is, is the, the 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 team is in a clear progression from last year and the year before, and I think we that's that's the aim, keep improving. But the next step. It should be like uh, to establish in a in a top ten. Yeah. yeah, fair. I think that's something that Tony had also been talking about, so that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So this is a big one that a lot of people wanted to know about, and it actually leans into uh, something you said earlier on. And you know, thirty-one would have been the end of a career. Um. You know, fifteen, yeah. twenty years ago. Now it's it's almost just the beginning of of, uh, of your best time for us. Um. Yeah. A lot of fans wanted to know just how did you, uh, what did you do to keep up your physical condition towards the end of the career, um, especially with 
you know, not only were you were you getting older, but you'd moved up in competition at the same time to yeah. have to play players like yeah. Rashford and Martial. So, what was yeah. the secret there? I mean, the, the the main the main secret, and and we start from the from from the base. It's your self discipline. That's the main secret. I mean, you need to have uh, self discipline to do the right things constantly. And it's it's about the small details, constantly small details and and decisions of what you're eating, how much you're sleeping, how much you work, how much you rest. It's so many things that you have to put in. But that comes with the self-discipline, with anything in life. Eh? It's not it's not just playing football or whatever. It's you know what I mean like you 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 decision to to achieve something and what it takes. And it takes a lot. I mean it, it took me um, for the last last ten years doing the same routine every single day. Then it's it's about discipline and about good habits. I had my breakfast, the same breakfast for the last eight, nine years. I had uh, more or less the same lunch. I had more or less the same dinner uh, before the games, the same rest. And you know what I mean? Like missing a lot of stuff uh, with friends, with family, uh, because you have to rest or you have to sleep. And as all that you get, uh, you need to rest more. And and then it's 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 difficult. Eh? It's because it's, it's an adding new things. For example, now with phones, for example, I had to add for the last uh, four or five years, like after 8.30 at night, I didn't check my phone. My friends, they knew. I mean, they knew like after 8.30, don't text Bruno because he's not going to answer. Uh, because I didn't want any like uh, screens and I, and I wanted to rest properly. And that's all of them. There's more like sacrifices or things that you have to add to keep improving or to keep maintaining those physical levels and mental levels. It's interesting though uh, about the screens. Yeah, because yes. uh, I, I mean, I, th- I think, I think, I think it's really we see important. that a lot, especially with the young players. I, I suspect that isn't something they subscribe to. So it's it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think I think it's really important. Like like uh, the process before you sleep, it's that you have to prepare before. Uh, that's what I did. I no screens. I normally like spend like five ten minutes stretching uh, before bed, and you know what I mean. Like it's it's like preparing yourself to, to sleep you, it's like if you finish a game that's what happened to a lot of footballers um, and that's what happened to me during a long time after games I couldn't sleep it was long I mean it was 3 o'clock in the morning and I couldn't sleep and because my brain was telling me okay you won't sleep I was watching a film or I was doing you know what I mean it, it, mm. you, don't, you don't prepare yourself to sleep and after I changed that completely I got home after a game for example playing Tuesday nights Championship, 7.45, get home at 11.30, and, or sometimes we were playing away like later. And the first thing, I had a hot bath. I, I took like a, a drink, like a, a nice uh, nighttime tea, uh, stretch a little bit, get the book, and I was gone. But because I, I prepared myself to, to fall asleep, but if I put myself on, on in bed with a phone or with a laptop or with a... I'm not going to sleep. Mm. If you can come and parent my children in the same way, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's every time they've been going to uh, a schools and they've been asking me more or less like some of those questions, and I say that all the parents are really happy. 
because like that that now maybe because you said it like they maybe like, maybe they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna believe it and they're gonna okay I have to do that. Bruno but says yes, you've got to go to bed. <laughs> yes, I mean it's 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 a really it's a I think it's a really really important thing. Definitely. Routine and discipline, love it. Um, exactly. So uh, another question I've got here. Um, we'll rattle through these last ones pretty quickly. Uh, what are some of the things you most enjoy about living in Brighton? Um, the first, the first thing that I enjoyed when I came. Uh, of course, it, it wasn't the weather because it was the the wettest summer in the last forty years in two thousand twelve. It was a welcome, welcome <laughs> to you know UK. Uh, but I was happy with that, no problem at all. And but for me, it was I like the the vibes. Uh, I, I I loved it. And and for me, because I le- I lived long time in Barcelona, I think Brighton is like a small Barcelona. Um, everyone is so like cool. It's not like it's not rush. Is you can wear whatever you want. You know what I mean? It was I felt like as a player, no one. Uh, bothered you and everyone's so respectful and that's you know I mean that's one of the things that I loved and of course after you know I mean I'm lucky to live quite close to the seafront I love the seafront and and I think it's I mean Brighton I think it's such a good place I, I love it nice yeah. nice uh, for people who are wanting to develop a long throw uh, any yeah. any advice uh, they uh, they noted that your long throwing ability is pretty solid yeah, um, I mean, I, I think I think is is that comes. I, I, I'm not basing in anything, and I don't have studies of of that. But I, I always uh, felt that from it comes from your low back, and and I think uh, like to have good mobility that it, it it gives you to have like a bigger range. Of you know, like you, 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 your back is moving, like it's leaning, like leaning back more than than other people that maybe they're stronger and shoulders so strong. I remember seeing Bongi throwing the ball, uh, Gaetan Bong, and it's because he's that strong. I mean, he's got those shoulders; he can even like he couldn't even move uh, when he was throwing the ball. And because I'm I'm leaner, uh, I think it's like low back and and having good uh, mobility. I think it's important. Something on that. Do you remember? I don't know whether you were watching the Premier League at the point where when Stoke were first promoted. Yes. No, this, Rory, I, I, I suffered it. I suffered it. I suffered it now. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> used to, yes, because used to we, say they would they would rather concede a corner than a long yeah, throw. Yeah, because I, 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 play, I played with Valencia. We played Europa League against Stoke. And and we had to go there, and it it was like it was like quite difficult because so from everywhere they were they were um, throwing throwings inside the box, and we had to defend as a, as a corners because it was really difficult, and, and especially because it's not offside. It's not. I mean, it was really difficult. I think that that stadium as well is a one of the coldest places on earth. Oh, seriously, yep. And <laughs> and B, I think it's because the way it's not filled in, you get the wind. Like yeah, width around the stadium. So there's a long throw as well. I guess you don't even know. You can see him launch it. You don't know the path of where where that ball's going to go. Exactly, because a corner normally you know more or less how it's going to go. And and but throw-ins is is really unpredictable sometimes. Yeah, you're right. A uh, couple of last ones here. Um, do you still keep in touch with Vicente? Uh, if so, how's he doing? Yes, yes, I, I keep in touch with him. Uh, he's about he's in Valencia. Uh, he's living there. He's from there. 
Um, and yes, he, you know, he used to work uh, for Valencia as well. Now he, he stopped working there, but he's, yeah, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's doing well. He's enjoying his life. He's enjoying his retirement. Great. Um, last, last couple here. Uh, how have you been spending your time in lockdown? I know you said you think your beard has been suffering, but uh, how's how's your time been spent oh. uh, in the lockdown? <laughs> to be honest, I'm 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 really lucky. I'm really thankful. Like. I mean, for me, that's that's been a chance to spend time with the family. Um, like for the last eight nine months, coaching coaching is long days, long days. I'm normally getting training ground uh, really early in the morning and coming back home. Uh, I normally spend ten hours at the training ground every day at least, and and it's uh, and and in leaving that transition from playing to coaching, and this lockdown is giving me the 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 chance to spend time with family, to self reflect. To work in a lot of stuff that I want to work, to study. Uh, I've been. I'm so lucky, you know. I've, I've got a. Like, I'm not, I don't have a massive house. I've got just a small house in a small garden. Uh, but lucky enough to have a small garden. I've got food and I've got my family. I'm healthy, you know. I mean, that's 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 why I'm very lucky. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. I think. Uh, I think everybody shares that sentiment of healthy and lucky, really. <laughs> um, yeah. Last question here, uh, Marmite, the great, uh, the great debate, Marmite, yes or no, love it or hate it? What? What? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously, what do you mean, Marmite? Nobody has ever introduced you to Marmite. Yeah, I mean, you uh, on toast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I, I, ne- I, I, I mean, I've got courage, but not that much. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, I you agree know, I mean, as well. I, I never, I, I know, I, I know, I know what you, what you talking, and, and, and I've been seeing the boys, and some of them ask like, yeah, yes, it's good, and other ones, ah, no, I don't like it, I hate it, and, and with, with what, with a toast or with something else, but I never, never, I, I think I smell, I smell it once, but, no, but, awful. yeah, I, I never, I never, I, I can see right now, I can feel like between you, both of you, you, you not agree neither. No, I think especially given what you've been talking about, how how well you look after yourself and all of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how much sugar's got there? How much sugar's got there? <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, Bruno. Robin, any closing remarks? Um, no, other than Bruno, it's been it's been a genuine pleasure to have you on, and um, you know you you were always really interesting whenever we've heard you speak before. And uh, yeah, just you know, delighted what you achieved with the Albion, and delighted you're still here. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate your call. You know, I always enjoy talking about football life and, and, and Brighton, of course, and, and keep going strong. Thank yeah, thanks much. so much. Uh, stay safe, so he- stay healthy, and uh, hopefully we'll be, uh, we'll be through it all and on the other side soon. Yeah, you too. All right, yeah. thank you. Bye. See you. Bye.